Happy June 12th. June 12th. Yes. Yes. It's kind of... We keep saying it's kind of nuts, but it is. Well, in the past couple weeks, I've just been a little nuts, but... That's putting it mild. And you could... I've 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 been seeing more and more posts online about just 2020 in general and just like <laughs> what, what the fuck is this all about like it's all justified uh at least currently um but yeah goodness. but but like 2020 is a mess it's a mess and it's it's just gonna be a mess there, oh. was, there was there was one that i think i shared with you a couple weeks ago that uh when our kids are in school and they're learning you know doing history class and they get to 2020 it is going to be multiple chapters. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got uh, Corona, which is going to take up a sizable chunk. Um, y- you've got uh, what's going on now with racial relations in the United States. Um, you've got the financial stuff that came with Corona, um, and then at some point you're going to have a U.S. national election that will take up, uh, I would assume, a sizable chunk as well. So it's going to be a fun uh, history lesson when we get a chance to teach our daughter about 2020. Do you have a fuck of the week? Yeah, it was funny. Uh, mine's more positive though, so if you have a negative I think, my, one, I think mine's kind of funny. Okay, so yeah, we'll um, <clears throat> I'm not sure how many of our followers are TikTok users, um, but I have found myself on there more recently. Richard's always used that app, I think, a little bit more frequently than I have in the past. And the past maybe week, I found myself like on there a lot. <laughs> Sorry, there was one time a couple weeks ago when he lost track of time. I was late for like work. <laughs> I was late for work because I kind of got sucked Sorry, in. I had to. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't use it, um, there's basically two modes that it's like a discovery mode where you can see um, videos of people who are uh, of similar interest of what you already follow or engage with and then the other um half is like people you actually follow and their videos and keeping up on those and i was prior to just actually recording this i was sitting on the couch and making a stupid ridiculous video with my dog who was <laughs> very uneventful um but i i just uh i swiped to the to the left and i looked at like my my feed and I kind of stood back for a second and I looked at everybody I follow and I thought it was really um, reflective of the time that we're in right now. Um, It's, it was, everyone is very positive. Like there's this guy, he is my absolute favorite. I actually made a TikTok to him today. The FedEx guy? No, no. Uh, His name is Scott Henry. Uh, He is just a guy from Utah, just, just a dad and he's silly, but he is so positive um, and then I, I scroll down and I see this um, this other amazing uh, woman who I think is a little bit older than us. And she is um, always like saying like she does recipes and things, but she also like does a lot of like self-care and self-love reminders like, hey, check in with yourself. Let's take a breath together. Like these little things. And she's so um, kind about it. Um, and then I just, I was looking tonight and I was like, this, this app hasn't me in all of the emotions. Like I was <laughs> crying with Scott tonight earlier because of a, a, a follower that he told their story. And then I swipe up and then I'm like reflective because of her. And then I s- swipe again and I am like laughing my ass off because of this hilarious, you know, reaction type of thing. Um, and I feel like in crazy times, like we're in, it was uh, the fuck of the week is like, fuck, this app is really good. 
aside from all the shit that's out there and all the shirtless men and the teeny boppers and all this crap looking at like who i engage with it's so it was so positive and i was like yeah. this is at least in those moments when i'm probably an hour late for work and i shouldn't be or <laughs> um it's it was cool to see that there's that positive stream of yeah like we don't have a lot of that and yeah it's, it's just so cool yeah it's nice to see and yeah. i appreciate it i actually got teared up watching videos tonight and i was you're like this teared, is you're teared up talking about it yeah <laughs> it's so good so um i've actually posted a couple on my personal instagram tonight that were they're just good everyone needs to hear it so you post on your personal instagram yes you like save them or what'd you do yeah you just share them oh so i don't know you could do that from tiktok how you doing i'll have to pay attention Go ahead and see what you did. <laughs> what's your fuck of the week i'm gonna get it wrong but the it was, i think it was this weekend um you would come downstairs i had already been up with kennedy um you came downstairs and immediately went to her which is fine like she's our daughter um but did not even acknowledge that i was in the room uh, taking care of her having fed her breakfast and played with her all morning um and i made some comment like oh i'm still here and then like you kind of just smirked or whatever and then i started walking upstairs to get ready and i screamed down the stairs and i was like i still matter too (laughs) And I it was know. all in good fun, and I was laughing. I'm a horrible was, husband. I was laughing while I said it, um, and it kind of coincides with the text that I sent you this afternoon. That Kennedy's been kind of sick off and on this week. Um, she had shots a week ago, and might be teething. Could just be a bunch of stuff. Um, and we were talking about her temperature and her poop and her food <laughs> and her poop, and I was like. Man, our techs have changed. <laughs> we need to do like a side by side, like video comparison of like when we first met, Versus, or when we, when we first got married, yeah. to like right now. Oh yeah, that'd be hilarious. Hundred percent. It's very different. We still have those other conversations too sometimes, but yep, it's definitely a different. Uh, yep, different conversations, which is fun sometimes. But <clears throat> so today we're going to talk a little bit about a, a heavier topic that is all over the world um, right now, and. Um, I think uh, it's. I'm really excited to hear kind of Richard's perspective on on some of some of the things that we've been seeing, and um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get back. Did you know that the sixth leading cause of death in the United States is Alzheimer's disease, and that one in three seniors dies with Alzheimer's or other dementia, and it kills more than breast cancer and prostate cancer combined. I know times are tough, but I'm asking for your help. As the chair of the Iowa Board of Directors of the Alzheimer's Association for the next two years, I am working harder than ever to raise awareness and to raise funds to rid the world of Alzheimer's and all other dementias. And your money doesn't just go to research. It goes to care and support groups, which are free by the way. The 24-hour hotline, which is free by the way, to education and awareness programs in every community across the country. And it does go to research. The Alzheimer's Association is the third leading funder of research and the highest funder of research that is a non-governmental entity in the world. And they're making strides each and every day. So please give it some thought. If you're interested, please click the link in the show notes to donate 
to our Alzheimer's walk team today. Your money stays in the local communities to impact, to support, and to educate people all across the country about Alzheimer's, the warning signs, and how to get care and support. This is a disease that is quiet, but it's continually taking away lives of people all around us, including my great aunt, my neighbor, and a dear family friend. Again, the link is in the show notes to go and support our walk to end Alzheimer's. And if you just want more information, you can go to ALZ.org. Hey, everybody. Steve here. Um, We are so excited to launch uh, Brooke and Co. I know we've talked about that in the past, but, um, you know, these are t-shirts that we are really, really passionate about. Um, They they are super comfortable. They wash well. They wear well. They can take you from running around town with the kids to dinner with your friends when we can go back and do that again. Um, And so uh, just to make sure you guys are able to try them, I wanted to give you guys a discount code. So head to brookandco.com and enter the code MANTRA, and you'll get 10% off your order. Um, Like I said, it is MANTRA, M-A-N-T-R-A, and you'll get 10% off of your entire order. And you know what? If you try them, please reach out. Let us know what you think, how comfortable you are, what you love about it, and uh, enjoy. Thanks, guys. Welcome back. Um, Steve here, and... It's uh, it's been a crazy couple weeks, um, with with uh, so much racial racial injustice and um, rioting and um, looting and just so much going on. Uh, it's I think for those of us who are um, white or Caucasian, I think it's been a really big time of reflection and feeling like we need to be doing more and figuring out what that is, doing, putting the time in to figure out what that is. Um, and uh, I, for those of you who are, are not familiar with, with my family, um, I actually have a half-black brother who um, was raised in a pretty small white town um, in Colorado. And while um, his experiences have not been to the point of police brutality, Um, He has experienced some racial injustice just from being who he is, Um, not doing anything wrong, literally walking down the street with a different skin color. Um, And so it's been um, interesting to kind of see this uh, firsthand, so to speak. I wouldn't say that I've experienced what he's experienced because I'll never be able to experience that. But um, seeing the pain and heartache that it caused him really gave me the reflection of um, the privilege and the, and the um, ease that my life has had because of my skin color. Um, and uh, it's, it's hard. I think for me personally, it's been hard to know what to do in terms of like, I mean, I'm just not the, per- I'm not the type of personality to go like, go out and start writing and you know fighting cops and and um i really commend those people who have the ability to do that i'm just not that person um and so it has been a lot of reflection of like what you know 
there there's a lot of ways to get involved and um, you'll see a lot of people have really taken to especially influencers have taken to their instagram accounts and really started to try to make an, uh, an impact that way um, for me it's been probably more financial trying to raise um, funds to support um, black lives matter and 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 things like that and in the back of my in the back of my mind this whole time is my brother and thinking what would he want me to do here and I wonder how he's feeling about all of this and um, I, I think of some of these family members who are have lost loved ones because of all of this and <clears throat> I can't imagine feeling that way with with my brother and when I do think about it I get enraged and it hasn't even happened to me um, and so I, I'm with, I'm with everyone, although I think it's, um, I think we're very, everyone's very critical that if you're not vocal, you're not active. Right. Um, and I want to, I want to, I don't think that's true. I know that's not true because I'm not that way. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Richard, you, you have a, uh, an African-American niece, I think for the most part, we don't, we don't really actually know what her nationality yeah, is, yeah, but she, is, yeah. she's a She's a darker skin. Both sides of her family beautiful, have beautiful, yes, beautiful girl. Yes, both sides of her um, family have uh, non-whites. Yeah, so I I wanted to kind of see what your perspective is. Um, I think you and I are, are pretty similar. Yeah, I mean she she's growing up in a town that's double the size that your brother grew up in, but no less white. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little little less um, over the past couple of years, but um, I know that she has also experienced. Um, I don't want to say injustice, but I know that 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 in having talked spoken with my sister that um there is some treatment that's different mm-hmm. um is some of it because she's a very quiet female yes um some of it could be because of skin color i'm certain some of the classmates have come at it from a skin color perspective um it'll be interesting next time i see my sister your sister-in-law kind of want to talk about it and find out because um, she's actually of an age where where you can have an actual conversation about it, and I was gonna say we could probably talk to our niece and yeah, say and find out what, what what she's been thinking and feeling and what's her experience been like. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I was about to say something that was going to be super wrong, but I'll say it so that it's that I'm aware and you know I guess it's out there. Um, I was going to say that um, she's probably never worried about it, but that's probably 100 percent not true. I think she has. I'm sure she has. Now that I think about it, and and that's a sad, sad statement. Yeah, and I, it's that's the part that I think a lot of us who are Caucasian um, white people really we don't always catch ourselves yeah. because what and, and and I'm not calling you out whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just thinking like it's easy for us to be like, oh, I'm sure she's in a great family about she's never even encountered right. that right i think that's very easy for us to think that right. because right. that's been our experience and um obviously growing up with my brother and then uh, you know being raised in the church and and going to a, a theological school and coming yeah. out as gay and all these different experiences where they have not been skin colored but i remember the feeling of being an outcast and being um even um hunted online well do you remember when we lived in new york city that was i think summer of 12 or 13 um there were gay attacks like all around the city yeah and like i was fearful at that point i was like we can't we're not going to go out yeah like and so it wasn't the same thing but it was the same thing and and that way you were being attacked for who you are right um 
I feel I like mean, one or two guys were murdered. I mean, it, yeah, so they were. It, it, and it was like down in the subways yeah. where we were every day and yeah. down in the West Village. And it was, um, I, I think that that is not, that LGBT persecution is quite not as systemic, maybe. I, it's kind of a bold statement to make, I guess, but, and I'm sure all the gays are going to jump on me for this, but I feel like, um, uh, racial injustice is a, is much more systemic than LGBT. They're different. Uh, I don't think you can say they're they're one's worse than the other. They're very different. I just think there's been more. We've had more time to, you know, like in the fifty. I guess what's in my mind is like in the fifties. If you were gay, you didn't talk about it. It was very 100%. behind closed yeah, doors. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you can't hide being right. a different skin color, right. and so and it's been like that ever since. Ever? hundreds of years <laughs> yeah and so um and th- that's why i say i think it may be a little bit more systemic even though we still may feel some of the similar things i wouldn't say they're exactly the same um well i think we definitely understand the fear and yeah uh, um it's and, and then the fear is different though because like so i listened to a podcast today um justin long's um life is short and his guest this week was James Blake. James Blake, the former professional tennis player, um, Harvard-educated, um, super bright guy, now lives in San Diego with his three, I think his three kids um, and his wife. And there was a time, uh, it would, God, I, I don't remember the year, but I'm going to just say 10 years ago. Um, he had flown into New York City for the U.S. Open. I don't remember if he was, I think he was still an active player. He, yeah, he still would have been an active player. And um, he checks into his hotel, the Grand Hyatt in Midtown Manhattan, which is not an inexpensive hotel. Um, and uh, he's out on the sidewalk waiting for his ride to pick him up. And the NYPD comes and stops him. They put him in cuffs. Um, and he's like, what's, what's going on? Um, and, and he's telling this story. And, he, and, and in hindsight, he was, he, he, in his head, he's thinking, I, was, I wanted to freak out. I wanted to freak out on them because they were 100% wrong. Um, and he didn't because uh, he didn't he understood that that wouldn't go anywhere but he was telling he tell, tells a story of um telling the officers that you know i just checked in i can take you up to my room and show you that i just checked in i literally just got here i have my plane tickets up there and they were stopping him because there was someone who was using stolen credit cards in the area and mailing stuff to that hotel apparently um Long story short, it was obviously not him, um, but he was in handcuffs for 10 to 12 minutes. Someone got it on video, and for days the NYPD denied that it even happened. Denied that it was more than a, denied that it was 10 minutes. I said it was one minute, um, and then he he uh, had told people in the locker room what had happened. Um, he talked about it in his press conference. The NYPD releases the tape on September 11th, and to James credit he was very pc about how he said this but um that's a date in new york city where you really can't criticize the cops um and so it was probably purposeful that they released it on that particular day and then one of the his fellow uh tennis players comes to him afterwards and he's like oh man that it's terrible i can't believe it like that's terrible like what the actual f and james is like yeah but i told you it happened and 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 as the player was like yeah but then I saw it, and James's point is, I told you, yeah, and you believe me, but you didn't, like it didn't hit, yeah. And so the fact that it can happen to James Blake, who was a multimillionaire, very like respectable member of society, um, 
the, him telling his story and his his like and you know, walking through the whole thing was was hard to hear. Um, and the, and the sad thing is is that's how many times does that happen in that way when it's not right? Like I have no problem. You, like if I'm on the street and I match a description of somebody, stop me, talk to me. That's your job. I, I'm 100 percent in favor of that. But putting the guy in cuffs for ten minutes and not listening to him mm-hmm. when he's defending himself, mm-hmm. and then lying about it for a week, it, now we've now we've got a problem, right? And uh, I mean, I think that just like with Stonewall, I think there's been a lot of comparisons with Stonewall and the riots that we have now. And part of me, I don't, I, I don't like to correlate the two because I don't want I don't want anybody to think that because we're gay, we understand what it means to be yeah, black. No, no, we do not. That is not. Um, but you know, that is not. I think anywhere <laughs> near reality. But um, like. Stonewall was the beginning of a revolution. It was, I think a lot of people think of it as the end, but that was actually the beginning of change because they were tired of, uh, gay people were tired of being mistreated. And so, um, I mean, you, if you can tell them a little bit about what you heard on that podcast <laughs> about Stonewall, but it was a haven of, of a place. Yeah. So, so the Stonewall Inn, if you're not familiar, is in uh, Greenwich Village in New York City on a tiny side street. And back in the, in the sixties, um, it was illegal or there was, I forget if it was illegal or if they were, if the, if I, all the gay bars were not being allowed to serve alcohol, but they could pay off the cops to, to be allowed to serve alcohol. Well, Stonewall, and there was this one other club, and I can't remember its name, um, who were really a safe haven, uh, as all the gay bars were and, and still are, but it was a place where you paid a $3 cover back in the 60s, um, and you could stay there. It wasn't, you could go there and hang out. You could stay the night if you felt like you needed to. Um, it was a safe place for anyone who didn't have a place, um, and they didn't question it. Like, you could go in and sit there. Um, and that particular evening, the police raided it, um, and what set off the LGBTQ plus whatever community was that it, the, the, the NYPD had taken away the last safe place that mm-hmm. they had. Um, and that was enough for them. It was, it was right. over. And so to me, you can equate what's happening today to that feeling that you've, you've taken away being on the street. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Correct. <laughs> Again, if, if, um, uh, uh, George Floyd met the description of a guy who'd been writing forged checks, detain him. Hey, we're going to talk to you. Right. 100%. But there's a line, and they were beyond that line well, 17 times. No criminal act justifies death. Yeah. No. Like that. Yeah. Period. And, and the NYPD specifically over the last seven years has had multiple cases where whatever the race of the person that they've been detaining or arresting has resulted in death. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now you've got the Minneapolis PD. So the, 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 I think that's where these two events correlate. Now, from my perspective, like you've also got the sixties, which were a huge moment in civil rights in general in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, gay on this side, um, uh, black rights on this side and, and both were fighting and doing it in their own ways. Um, some quietly, some, you know, fighting back. And so like the, it's almost like the, 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 the black lives matter has had to have this fight numerous times over numerous generations. Yeah. I mean, we're watching 
sorry about that. We're watching uh, Grant on the History Channel right now, um, and you could say that that was a fight for uh, that. Oh that, my gosh! That was almost like the first Black Lives Matter. Fight. Oh my gosh! They were saying that some of the the um, the Confederate soldiers were taking pleasure in killing yeah. black people just because they were black and used to be servants. Yeah. Yeah. Like the comments so, that they so, were reading, I was like, "What?" So you've got you've, you've got that, and then really nothing for the next hundred years. Yeah, and now we're seventy years removed from the civil rights movement, um, the first ver- or second version, we'll call it, um, and that's really I think what we're living through. And there's not like it's not that that black people don't have actual written rights. There's they're they're essentially being treated differently in society. Yeah. And I think legally, like, <laughs> I mean, had you asked me 10 years ago, I probably would have been the person that said, all lives matter, all lives matter. And as I grew older, you can't say that at all. You can't, you can't actually, you can't make that statement until Black Lives Matter too. Yeah. And I, I was listening to something on the radio this morning or another podcast and they said, they said like, all lives matter isn't not true. Right. But... And did, I think I should the yeah, Ashton Kutcher one, which I'm going to repeat. Um, it was on TikTok, which is where I saw it. Um, he was he tells a story of um, his his son and daughter, and he lets his daughter pick out the book first. And there was one night recently that his son was like, "Well, why can't I pick first? And Ashton was like, "Well, in our house, girls go first. And he's like, "But I want to go first. And he's like, "In this house, girls go first. And he goes on to explain that um, because. There are in, in in some houses, girls don't go at all, and he ties that back to Black Lives Matter. He says, "Black Lives Matter because there are some people in this world where Black lives don't matter." Right, and that that's what it hit me. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay," <laughs> you know, and and I've always believed that that Black lives matter and they deserve the same treatment, and mm-hmm. we all deserve the same. We're all fucking humans. Like, I don't play that game. Um, and then someone also said, once people say they don't see color, well, that's also not true. You do see it. Like, yeah. of course you see it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what your question was. I mean, but. I think <laughs> I think what uh, – the one thing that I, I think is really bothering me um, in, in this moment in terms of social media specifically, I can't say that I've experienced this in person because we're not out with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but – COVID is there's a lot of judgment um, whether or not you're doing what I think you should be sure. doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, define that however you want. Right. Um, and it's funny, Viola Davis, um, uh, she, she played in the help. She was how to get away with murder actress. Um, she posted this, uh, Oh, it was probably about a week ago. And I just, I, I haven't shared it. I've wanted to. I may still, but it says, some people are posting on social media. Some are protesting in the streets. Some are donating silently. Some are educating themselves. Yeah. Some are having tough conversations with friends and family. And this is the point that kind of struck home for me, is that a revolution has many lanes. Mm-hmm. Be kind to yourself and be kind to others who are traveling in the same direction just keep your foot on the gas. That's so good. It's so good. And I'm like, yes, because while I'm not comfortable pushing everything out on social media, I am just as internally fired up. Yeah. And we have to have all of those lanes to be successful. Yeah. Um, and 
having conversations and seeing myself cry on TikToks right. is a part of and part of that. For me, like bit. I also haven't been very vocal. This is the most vocal I've been, um, only because I am trying to listen. Um, and I actually have a book on the way that is probably going to make me uncomfortable. Um, but that's a good thing, right? Totally. And so one thing I did see today that really pissed me off <laughs> about this whole thing um, is that there's a there's a push. So like uh, the hit TV show Cops has been canceled, um, which which I think is fair. Like let's not glorify Cops Live or Cops Cops. Both. Like both are different, okay. but they've both been okay. pulled. Um, which I think is fine. It's good. The live one probably was a bad idea in the first place. Um, <laughs> no, but now people want to, there's a call to cancel Paw Patrol because it's glorifying good cops. But at the end of the day, there are good cops. Yeah. Our friend Emily's married to Brian, who's a sheriff or he works with the sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. Like he's a hundred percent a good cop. Yeah. Like there are bad cops out, but there's bad doctors. There's bad lawyers. There's bad everything out there. Yeah. And I think we have to understand where that line is of what's what's the actual problem and what's the problem. Like, well, police police brutality and the bad cops are a problem, hundred percent. And we have to find a way to stop. And there are good cops and bad cops, but what we're also not seeing is the bad doctors. No, we're not seeing because they still need to keep their job. Right, we're not seeing a lot of the discrimination um, being recorded on cell phones when you're in a private doctor's office or a hospital where they don't allow cell phones. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of this that's being told by the stories that we're actually able to show. Yeah. And so uh, I'm I'm with you. And my point to bring that up is like, while Viola says, you know, every you know, do your lane and every all that is valuable. We also have to under the the cause of Black Lives Matter coming from a, a gay white person still has to understand what the end like what what's the actual goal here and let's make sure that that we remain focused on those things um and if at the end of the day we find the paw patrol is a terrible thing for kids to watch and okay let's deal with that but let's also let's deal with police training and police funding and what's okay from a cop and you know let's solve that problem first i think my my paw patrol i didn't know that by the way i saw today i about lost my shit um (laughs) if we can object if we can objectively sit back as a society and evaluate the content of paw patrol they're dogs so they don't while they have skin color they have fur color i don't even think it's about the color of the dogs it's that they're good cops okay well i think we need to look at do we really does the world really believe that every cop is a bad cop right and if you believe that i i'm more power to you honestly i you do not align with myself and yeah. i don't and i don't think you align with richard either no um but if that's your belief you do you yeah. like that's your business yeah. uh you do your thing and that's a decision for you and your family to not show paw patrol to your children um does that mean that that's the same case for myself no um, and so I don't think, like I said, either perspective is wrong. I don't think that, again, this is my problem is that there's judgment yeah. on people's decisions. Right. When and, that, that's not the fucking problem. Yeah. Like, I, so, so like, I don't, I don't care that you have chosen to stop watching Paw Patrol. What I care about is does your little brain in that, in that little baby of yours look at, you know, someone like George. Who's George? Isn't. That's the name of the oh, guy, George Floyd. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> George, who 
does he look at a person like that yeah and to think that they are less than he yes. is or she is yes that's and, what and that's about. so like today I think, or no he's maybe yesterday nascar said no more confederate flags at their events i'm like, okay fine that's a, probably a good thing but that doesn't solve the actual problem right of if someone is waving or believes in the believes in the confederate flag and what it stood for there's the problem fuck the flag it's what it is is teaching someone and representing right um i'm a firm believer in history and don't believe we should erase history and i'm i have to walk this fine line of if you get rid of all the confederate flags and all of the confederate history and what the civil war was like i was thinking today while taking my shower i was like is this is going to change how we teach the civil war it's a five-year part of our history that's incredibly important. But but now, like, I think you haven't been. I don't. Maybe you have. When we went to to Arlington, no, we did not go into the Robert E. Lee's house on Arlington at Arlington. Um, I'd been in there, and if you don't know Robert E. Lee's story, he was absolutely a patriot um, and served in the 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 U.S. Army. Or U.S. He was on the U.S. side, but he was from the state of Virginia, and he didn't feel like he could go against the state when this, when Virginia decided to secede from the Union. So he fought for the Confederates. Does that make him immoral, or does that just make him loyal to his state? I think That's a conversation that should be had. I think it's dependent on who you ask. <laughs> I, I know, but I think, but like the call now, similar to Paw Patrol, is just to erase Robert E. Lee from history. I think for me, Robert E. Lee chose. He did choose. Chose to fight for a an oppression of he a did. group of people. He did. And, and let's make that known. And to me, that has that lowers him in my book compared okay, to that's fine. S. Grant. 100%. I'm not arguing he's at the same level. But then I got to thinking, this is a hole I shouldn't go down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. We didn't plan on this part. Hitler was a white guy. <clears throat> Bad guy. Bad guy. But we still teach him. There's not statues of him everywhere, so I get the statues coming down. Yep. But we can't not teach the history. Yep. And I think that's what I'm afraid of is that we're just going to wash out our entire history because it's bad. It yeah. is fucking bad. Yeah. Like the way that we conquered our own country and like. There's a reason kick- people in other countries lo- think less of Americans. And I'm they should. We, we have not been good. <laughs> like I get it. <laughs> so back to the reason you wanted to talk about this. We haven't talked about the whole, the whole thing. On the last we have the last three weeks, and, um, and uh, yeah, I've been kind of just torn, like emotionally and mentally, about what's right. Like I know what's right, but like what's what's my role? What's our role? Is there a role? And I think I think you, what what you read from Viola, I think that clarifies more. My role is just to learn and listen and be a voice when it makes sense for me to be a voice. Yeah, I think. Uh, at least my goal, and it was it was my idea to talk about this tonight. Richard's like, oh boy, that's a heavy one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was definitely my ask because I wanted, uh, we hadn't said anything, yeah. but either individually or as a couple. Yeah. But um, I think for me, I, we, I wanted to make sure that people knew that, um, that we stand with the black community first and foremost. Yeah. I think that's number one. Like we, we got your back. Um, and we we make a promise to raise our daughter not of that mentality. Yeah, no. Um, but uh, the second message is uh, that I wanted to communicate is to white people, the people who look like me, and the people who have had 
while may not may have not had a perfect life, have not had near as much injustice because of their skin color. Yeah. Um, I was I was thinking as I was reading that Viola Davis um, thing that she posted. Sometimes the hard conversations have to happen inside first. Yeah. And before you can ever give to someone else, like the black community, you got to get yourself right. Yep. You have to get your heart right, get your soul right. And there's a, I have a little app on my phone that I get every, I get a little <laughs> motivation, uh, motivational quote delivered to me about every, I don't know, five hours or something. And, um, I also don't want to think, I don't want to put the expectation out there that because you're white, you need to change and you need to do it by tomorrow morning because uh, systemic change is very, very difficult. It's incredibly emotional. And so the quote I actually got um, about an hour and a half ago was, and it says, don't rush the process. Allow yourself to grow and to change at your own pace. Stop comparing your life to what other people expect of you and what they are doing. Better yourself because you know that's what's best for you. Yeah, that's and so I'm good. like, yes, yes, like I get it. I, I've I need to keep myself in check more. I'm pretty sure you would say the same thing. I know a lot of white people who need to think differently. Um, I implore you all to do it, please. Yeah. Um, the black community needs us, but I also don't want you to do it in an unhealthy way or make unrash decisions. Um, to where the changes that you're trying to make actually don't stick yeah, um, and that they're also not healing. I think that's a huge part of what we're missing right now. We're not, we are focused on change, which is great, but we're not focused on healing. And that bothers me a lot. Yeah. Um, I can't say what's right or what's wrong because again, we're not in that community. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot at the end of the day when let's just say the, 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 I forget what it's called, but the the list of eight things, eight demands, basically. When that list is done or or accomplished, like there's still a lot of healing from the black community that needs to happen, from the non-black community, and together. And that if that doesn't happen, we will we will be back here in fifty years. Well, it's it's just uh, like it, a relationship. Like yeah, you have we, to rebuild trust. We do, and and that's on all sides. So, like I will say, it was I think it was the news today that the Minnesota or the Minneapolis. Um, chief of police i think um throughout the current they were actually currently in negotiations with the union for the new deal um for their new deal with the with the, with the police officers and he threw it out they're going to start over they're going to get some changes that they need to have happen which is good like timing is kind of a good thing in this one um because it's true and i think we all acknowledge it, that change needs to happen but change takes a long time it's funny i did want to ask you i forgot about this oh um, boy <laughs> obviously you're for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, Richard has been very involved in politics in the past. Um, I'm now, I don't a pri- I'm now a private citizen yes. minus his podcast. <laughs> I don't necessarily want you to dive into like policy or anything like that, but um, you are closely tied to Unite America, which is trying, which is, and please correct me, Nick Troyano, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but it, they are trying to find ways to support independent candidates um, across tr- the nation. Yeah, they're, that's still mostly their mission, but their mission is to find candidates who um, are not divisive. You, and they they have now come out and supported Republicans and Democrats because they're not divisive and they're, they want to build coalitions, but yes. So with their name being Unite America, yeah. um, and I, with you working with them, do, do you see, especially from organizations like that, do you see 
organizational company changes happening from from a political stance because i think if we rely on trump no shit's gonna happen nothing and if you rely on the farthest left democrat nothing is gonna happen um and so i feel like it's gonna be that middle community that really kind of in the political world leads change yeah so that's a really good question and i actually just interviewed uh a fellow independent Neil Simon on my other podcast, Live It Well, um, he wrote a book called The Contract to Unite America: Ten Principles um, to to, I believe, to Unite America or Take America Forward. I apologize, Neil. Um, and their ten reforms are not about race relations necessarily, but they're just about reforms that will make politics work better. And a couple of them are all about how we draw congressional districts, how we fundraise, how what you're allowed to do from a fundraising perspective. And I would argue that those systemic political changes would help and support the black community because it would make districts fair. And in the state of Iowa, we're lucky our districts are drawn by nonpartisan commission. So there's, there's not a lot of partisanship that goes on when we draw our lines. Um, so there's none of this protecting one party over the other. Um, but a lot of states are not that way. And so mm-hmm. you get unrepresented states. Um, and so that would help the way we fundraise would help. Like you wouldn't, we could change how we um, allow outside money. The other thing that they could do is change um, the way we do primary elections in this country, which would also impact minority voices, whether you're a woman, whether you're gay, whether you're um, uh, young, old, black, white, whatever, it would impact those minority populations because it would make those races fair. So there, it's the, the reforms, and there's a lot of actual like race-related reforms that can happen. And the state of Iowa just passed a, a lot, or the House, I think, passed a lot tonight, actually, um, about um, police interaction. I forget what it was. I saw the headline pop through, but I didn't read it yet. Um, so I think a lot of states are moving quickly from a policy standpoint that they can impact. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this is at the local level in terms of what your police are allowed to do. Like, I don't believe that that our police here need to have military style equipment. Right. Should there be a mechanism to get it? Should crazy ass riots happen? Yeah. I mean, we'll probably need to have that, but you also shouldn't probably have it on stock in yeah. all of these communities across the country. So there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of things from a political standpoint um, that can and should happen, but there needs to be a conversation. And that's where me as the independent comes out. I'm in favor of most of the reforms in one way, shape or another, but it can't be, I don't believe that, that it is going to be successful long term if it's a these eight things have to happen in this way. My way or the highway type of because then, because then we don't get back to the fixing the actual relationship part. Yeah. Which has to happen. Yeah. So it's just curious. No, that's it's a good good question. So Um I did want to leave people once again with the Viola Davis quote. Please do. I think then I've got some good news at the end. Okay. It's something <laughs> that um again it's it's super, super struck me and we will share this on our Instagram as well. Um, but, um, please take this to heart. And when you are interacting and looking at other people and how they choose to interact and to post content or whatever they're doing to, to join this fight, um, please just give a little love and a little grace as we stand together to fix this. Some are posting on social media. Some are protesting in the streets. Some are donating silently. Some are educating themselves and some are having tough conversations with friends and family. A revolution has many lanes. Be kind to yourself and to others who are traveling in the same direction. Keep your foot on the gas. 
That is from Viola Davis. It's not from her, but she posted it. But yeah, it. she posted it. Yeah, yeah. This was a tough one. You're welcome. It was, it was a good one. It was a good one. Um, if you want to comment, please please uh, send us a note on Instagram. We are at Richard and Steve. Um, also on Twitter at Fuck Is Our Mantra. We we would f- love to be part of the conversation. We need to learn. Um, so if if you are from the Black community and want to talk, like let's talk. Um, I think that's an open door for us. Yeah, and we would be ha- we would be happy to have someone on on, on the, the podcast. We're, we're actually it. trying to get Steve's brother. He's a little busy with his marine life at the moment, so I'm trying to get him on as well because I want to hear from him. He's been in the Marines for a year now, so I kind of want to check in with him. But um, want to end with a happy piece of news. Um, shout out to uh, Bradley and Graham up in Canada, um, two of our friends who have a now one year old Kale. So happy birthday, Kale! Bye, guys. Thanks so much. This podcast was mixed and produced by Sprout Media, a digital media firm in Des Moines, Iowa, who believes in doing things differently. They believe in putting consumers and clients first being a partner in marketing, and inspiring your tomorrow. They build websites, create digital media strategies, shoot and produce videos, and edit and produce podcasts just like this one. Check out Sprout Media at gosproutmedia.com, where you can subscribe to their podcast, The Buzz Addiction, or even request a free consultation. That's gosproutmedia.com.